Amen. Please take your seats. Thank you, worship team, for being amazing today. Again, just thank you for being amazing servants in the house uh, with your incredible service. So, so I want to crack on with this, get, get right into it. I'm launching a mini-series today. Now, somebody else is preaching next week, possibly the week after, but all the time I'll be preaching, when I preach, when I get to preach, I'll be preaching on the kingdom, the kingdom of God. I, I, I've just, as I've been reading through the Gospels and, uh, and looking again afresh and anew at the Gospels, it's just absolutely, this has just been leaping out at me everywhere, reading Matthew, reading Mark, reading Luke. Everything is about the kingdom because the king has come. And, and, and Jesus spoke about the kingdom probably more than anything. Uh, the disciples didn't necessarily, but then you, you, Jesus was the king, right? And I want us to, to, to really grasp some things here. Why it is important that we have teaching about the kingdom of God. And I think one of the reasons why the Lord wants to do this is because at this moment in time, we have many cultures that we are surrounded by. Not just cultures of race we've always had that we have a church that is full of different cultures and I love that but right at the very onset and I think you know this about me and you know this about our leadership every culture on this planet must subject itself to the culture of the kingdom of God there is no culture of man that comes anywhere near the importance of the culture of the king kingdom culture does anybody agree with that? If you're not, we have some salvation forms to fill in afterwards. Um, I, we're quite happy to, to have a prayer with you and lead you to the Lord uh, so that the Lord himself, the King, will enlighten you. Um, that's why Jesus said in his sermon on the mount, which was about the kingdom, in Matthew chapter 6, he said, seek first the kingdom of of God and his righteousness now those two things are actually quite inseparable because you can't seek first the kingdom of God without his righteousness in actual fact if you read through the Beatitudes and I like to refer to the Beatitudes if you if you got a chance read through Matthew 5 6 7 and you'll get a, a grasp of the Beatitude. To call the Beatitude, I just refer to them as the blessed attitudes. Because they're all attitudes that we may or may not adopt. We have a choice. Blessed are those who. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who decide to do this and decide to do that instead of the other. Right? So that's a, that's a cultural challenge and it's a cultural shift. Yeah? But in order to do that, in our own strength, it's not possible. Now, seriously, the Christian life cannot be lived without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can have a Christian religious life without the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't live like Jesus taught us to live without the power of the Spirit. Even that clip from, from Warren the other week, it was saying your vision... If your vision is something that you can do in your own strength, it ain't from God. That's what he said. Because God will always give us something that stretches us. God will always give us something that takes faith, not just our own ability. If you can fulfill 
uh, so your, your, your own vision and your own dreams in your own, in your own ability, then that's not going to be something from God. God is going to want you to use something more than your own intelligence, your own ability, your own resources. He's going to want you to stretch your thinking, stretch your expectation levels and stretch your faith like a muscle and stretch it so that you believe God for the impossible and the improbable because he is able. And only by doing that do we discover the power of the Holy Spirit within our own lives. So if, yes, it is a challenge. C.S. Lewis once said, if you want to follow a comfortable religion, don't follow Christianity. Because it will make you feel uncomfortable. Because Jesus challenged people. Everywhere he went, Jesus challenged people, right? Have you, are you reading the same Bible as me? Yeah. Je and you know, the, <laughs> never yet. This, is, this is, it upsets a lot of people when I say this, but I keep saying it. But most of the people Jesus challenged and upset were religious. Now, I want you to be challenged by that. That's why I've never called myself as a pastor religious. Let me just leave a couple of scriptures to open up about the kingdom for you. And we're going deep into this in the next few weeks. Going deep into it because I want you to grasp things of the kingdom. See, I love the fact that my, my grandfather was Indian, apparently came from Rajasthan. He was from a Sikh background, not, not a Christian background. And uh, um, my wife's Scottish. Should have seen it in our house the other night. Scotland nearly scored and she went, yeah! And then she thought, I'm married to an English, you know. Um, do you know something? Be, be... Don't be disrespectful to where you came from. Love the fact of where you came from. If you came from Timbuktu, be proud of that. Not a problem. If you came from Lithuania, be proud of that. If you came from Botswana, be proud of that. If you came from Mozambique, Colombia, Brazil, be proud of that. But above all things, it's not where you came from. It's where you are now in the kingdom that really counts. That really counts. So don't just be a person who's proud of your roots and all the rest of it. Be proud of your spiritual roots in Jesus Christ. I don't want to just be international. I want to be a kingdom person, a kingdom culture that transcends and surpasses every other culture on this planet. And it's easy to pick up culture. I'll share some things in a bit might make you laugh. But, but let's have a look at a couple of verses first and then we'll get right into this. Are you with me? I only shouted to wake you up. Right, let's have a look. So the first point, point of call I want to go to, the first port of call is Luke 17. When the kingdom of God comes, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come by observation. So you say, see, there it is. See, there it is, etc. But the kingdom of God is within you. So Jesus, because he was speaking to religious people, he wanted them, to, he was emphasising the point that it is what is within the heart of a man or a woman, within an individual that really, really counts. Because they were, the Pharisees and the scribes, right, the big thing about them was seeing. You know, look how humble I am, and I'm proud of it. You know? Seven steps to humility, and I did it in three. They, they, they were the people who just... They wanted people to see how great they were. You know, I pray six hours a day. No, 
I'm not saying I do that. But this is the kind of thing that they were on with, to impress. And I tell you what, God's not impressed with that stuff. He's not impressed with it at all. That's, that, those, those are your own right, that's your own righteousness. It's not Christ's righteousness. That's your own righteousness. That's your own clothing you're putting on to impress. God is not impressed with spiritual bragging and spiritual one-upmanship. That's religion. And Jesus had a lot of challenging words to speak to those people. And he talks about, you know, the guy who goes and kneels down, he says, Lord, I thank you. I am not, I'm not as others. I pay my tithes. I do this, I do that. I go, I go to the lighthouse every Sunday. All right, every other. All right, okay, once a month. Okay, I don't, I'm mostly online. I, 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 but I do this and I do that. And, I, and then another person goes, Lord, I haven't been at all. But, and, I, and I'm just, oh, I'm such a sinner. Not done that, done that, failed here, failed here. But Lord, who do you think is accepted? Who do you think gets forgiveness and grace? It's not the one who thinks he's got it all and the others haven't and he's better than the others. It's the one who humbles himself before the Lord. Why? Because humility, meekness is the thing that gains entrance to the kingdom of God, nothing else. It's, that's why it's easier for a, a rich man to go through the eye of a needle, which by the way is a gate in Jerusalem. It's nothing to do with a needle and thread. Uh, it's easier for a, a, a rich man to go through the eye of a needle then, then you know what I'm saying. Okay, so let me hurry up with that and get that in there. That it is for a person to enter into the kingdom of God who's rich. But with all, God, Jesus said, even so, in Christ, all things are possible. So make of that what you will. But the Lord's Prayer came and he says, in the Lord's Prayer, in, again in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10, Jesus says, uh, your kingdom come. Your will be done. You see, those two things are also the part and one of the same. When the kingdom comes, God's will is being done. Jesus said in another part of the scripture, if I by the kingdom of God cast out demons, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Wow. That's all about repossession. It's all about actually kicking the enemy out so the kingdom comes in. See, when, when something has to be taken and dealt with, something has to be taken out from us, something has to come in, otherwise it gets filled up by something else. That's, the, that's what Jesus was saying there. But I, I, by the finger of God, cast out devils, and the kingdom of God is come unto you. Praise the Lord. There's activity. Do you know today that Jesus' kingdom wants to kick stuff out of our lives to bring his rule and his reign and his lordship into our lives? Because Jesus knows we can't live this life that he's called us to live without his spirit. So kingdom culture. Is this going too fast for you? Are you okay? Yeah? Are you all awake? Nudge someone next to you. Just make sure. Take their pulse reading. If it hasn't gone up a little bit, complain to the preacher because it should be. Right. See, Jesus taught... In actual fact that the kingdom of God is within you, the kingdom of God has come, the kingdom of God is here now, but he also said that the kingdom of God is coming. So there's a fullness of the kingdom that's on the way. Uh, the, the, the apostles wrote in, in the New Testament, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Wow, amazing. See, all these kingdoms of this world, they're all temporal. But the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is actually eternal. It's always been there. But it has added dimensions 
to it now because of what Jesus has done upon the earth. Isn't that wonderful? The kingdom is growing. Hallelujah. The kingdom is increasing across the earth. Give you another insight where we're going in the next few weeks as well. Jesus is in front of Pilate. Ah, he says, you are a king then. He says, says, if my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight? Ah, so you are a king then. You are right, I am a king. You say it. But you see, Jesus was saying, I have a kingdom that is not of this world. It's greater than this world. Praise God. That's why every power in heaven, in earth, and under the earth, in other words, in every dimension, not only past tense and present and future, will have to bow before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Isn't that wonderful? The kingdom that has come inside of your life, within your life, that kingdom is the kingdom above all other kingdoms. Praise God. It's amazing. Jesus could go to the cross knowing that he was the king of the permanent kingdom. The kingdom of the eternal kingdom. The kingdom wasn't going to evaporate through the cross. The kingdom was going to get, only get stronger and stronger and stronger through the cross, bringing fallen humanity into the kingdom of God so that we become citizens of his kingdom. Hallelujah. We even become not only citizens of the kingdom, we could become ambassadors of the kingdom. Woo! Some of you out there are ambassadors. Let me tell you about the kingdom, because I want to speak about kingdom culture in a moment. But Jesus talked about the kingdom is, he actually talks about the kingdom he's like unto. Do you remember all the parables that about, about the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is like a man who went to sow good seed. The kingdom of God is like a big net that was trawled across the sea, caught loads of fishes. Some of them were unclean. Ooh, that's bad for some of us clean fish. Not. Eh? Um, the kingdom of fish is like the smallest seed you can ever get. You plant it, it becomes a massive tree bigger than all the other trees because it's miraculous, it's marvellous. The kingdom of God is like three measures of leaven. The kingdom of God is like unto a landowner who had a vineyard. The kingdom of... Kingdom of God is like a, a king who had a feast, a marriage feast. The kingdom of God is, and he carried on and carried on. Not one of those king, not one of those parables fully defines and explains what the kingdom is. They're all different emphases. You don't build doctrine on parables, but but they do give you an illustration of some kind or another, all to do with the kingdom. The kingdom is multifaceted. The kingdom is huge. The kingdom is massive. The kingdom is every dimension. See, what we don't understand, we only know the dimension of time, but there is a timeless kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Does that help you a bit? See, when we think, we think we think in chunks of time. Oh, I've had a bad time. A bad season, we're to a bad season. That's time related. Seasons time related. Processes, we talk about processes, we preach about processes. Processes are time related. Yeah? But you being a citizen of the kingdom of God, of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, is eternal. It is beyond time. It's over time. It's way beyond time. It's permanent, permanently, forever, ever, 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 and ever. Amen. Doesn't that make you feel a bit better? I hope so. 
But the kingdom of God is an amazing way in how it comes. Let me tell you a story. Just happened. A couple of weeks ago, I get a telephone call. It's taken in the office, and uh, Loretta, who, who, who's my PA now, does a great job. She was in the nine o'clock service. She took the phone call. I was at home. I'd like to tell you I was praying, but I was gardening. <laughs> I was planting some trees, actually. Uh, but I was praying as I was planting them. Please make them grow, Lord. If I planted them, they need prayer. And, and she buzzed me a message and said, somebody's trying to get hold of you. I said, well, and she just gave me a number. I said, well, who? And what, what's it about? So she rang him back. I said, oh, it's some guy. He said he spoke to you in the gym a while ago. I said, goodness me, I know who that is. Next day, I phoned him. I said, hi, such and such. Paul here from the lighthouse. Oh, mate, mate, so great. This was a guy I witnessed to and spoke to him about the Lord over 18 months ago, pre-COVID. Amen. BC. Before COVID. <laughs> right? Not real BC. Don't, don't call me on that. Um, I'll have people after me for that. Um, but, but there you are. And, and I could hardly remember this. I was that far, that long ago. And we had this conversation. Nothing had come of it. Nothing at all. We had this deep conversation about God. Shared about salvation. Shared about the Lord. Everything. We're there in the gym. This guy's a big beefy guy. Tattoos up to here. and all. Had a shaky past. Dodgy past. All the rest of it. Sounded a bit like me. But anyway, we talked and everything was brilliant. Absolutely great conversation. I thought, oh wow, God, you're going to do something here. Never saw him again. I have to, listen, I went back to the gym. Don't know about whether he did. But I did. Never saw him. Gets his telephone call, phones him up. It's the same guy. He says, Paul, won't believe it, mate. That conversation about everything. God's, God's on me. He's at me. Every time I close my eyes and I'm trying to speak to God, you're coming up and I'm speaking to you. God's sending me to you. He's done something in my life. He's changed my life. I gave my life to Christ and everything. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, whoa. I'm thinking, how many conversations have I had like that over the last two years that I thought were just speaking into the air and a waste of time? That I want to tell you, when you sow the word of truth and you speak about the King of Kings and the Kingdom of God to people, you never, ever, ever waste your words. You never waste your words. It was said of Samuel, the Lord let none of his words fall to the ground. Uh, if you speak of the king and the kingdom and the kingdom of God in your life, how you've been impacted, what Jesus has done for you, the Lord will stand by your words. Do you hear what I'm saying? The Lord will not let your words fall to the ground. The Lord will honour your words because you're honouring the king of the kingdom and you're preaching the truth. Uh, you, don't have to, you don't need a platform to preach. That's what I'm saying here. In fact, sometimes you're better off not having a platform to preach. You're better off just getting people one by one and sharing the truth of the kingdom of God with them. It is so powerful. And right, okay, some seed that you sow will go into stony, thorny ground, sandy ground, shallow ground, you name it all. It's all there in the parable of the kingdom. Hmm? Because the soil's the heart. So, 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 just keep going. 
because God will show you um, results just by being faithful in speaking of him. Do you know, people need the king of the kingdom today. They're sick of the kingdoms of this world. Don't, do you get that? I get it. But you know, to understand the kingdom, we need to understand kingdom culture. Next slide, please. There won't be any more slides, so that's it. But I just want you to see this because this is where we're going now and the next couple of sessions will be on this. I love what Bayanda called his, his youth team riot, rebels in our time, and culture with a K because it's kingdom culture. And what I said before is we're surrounded by culture. Now, it's easy to identify culture as in race. Gosh, time, look at that. 20 minutes I've been already. I've only, it's just an introduction. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'll only be another 40 minutes. I'll get, I'll, get, I'll get my skates on here. I'll cancel some of this. I'll do a cancel culture. That's a culture. Have you seen cancel culture at work? Nasty. Isn't it? It's nasty. Na cancel culture is nasty. Do you know why it's nasty? Because we created it. Woke culture. See, our young adults, they teach me so much. I, I feel like I've gone to school again. Or maybe I went to school for the first time. <laughs> Don't go there. Right. I learned a while ago from Bayanda what being, being woke was, right? Anybody know what woke is? Speak to Bayanda, he'll tell you what being woke is. I, I'll do my best, but I've only just awoken to it, so. <laughs> woke culture, all that PC stuff. I had to do a risk assessment the other week. Did it in a moment, it's just, it's very risky. <laughs> By the way, if you do smell smoke this morning... It's unfortunately not the power of the Holy Spirit going through the building. It's not anything on the building, it's outside. So don't be worried about all of that, okay? We, we ne nearly had uh, Fireman Sam in earlier on. Um, everybody running around, I wonder what was going on. You know, if there is a fire, could somebody ring the bell? But no, there isn't, so don't be alarmed, okay? So... There's a woke culture, and I, 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 I listened, and I, I was, it was great, Payanda, you taught me so much about the woke culture, and now I need to not say certain things, especially on the platform. I could be fired, couldn't I, in a week, you know? Shh. Then there's, Jesse taught me all about the cancel culture, right? Cancel culture, somebody gets offended, so they follow, unfollow you from everything, you're cut off. Come on, yeah, somebody laughing there. You know all about the, you know all about cancel culture, right? It's mostly on social media, cancel culture. It's not kingdom culture. Don't let any of that invade your life. Don't let woke culture invade your life. No, seriously, don't allow it to invade your life. It's a man-made culture. All these things, these cultures and subcultures, do not allow them to take control. In fact, I'll say this and I'm going to say it again. Never make a minor a major. Because culture doesn't, the kingdom culture doesn't do that. Make the main thing the main thing and let it stay the main thing and don't deviate from the main thing in the kingdom culture. You will find that is really healthy. It's a healthy thing to do. 
Make the main thing the main thing. Don't make minors the major. I see it happening in church life quite a lot. They take a little thing like that and they make it, oh, it, it suddenly becomes a doctrine. I spoke to somebody, I kid you not, the other day, they, they couldn't be baptised until they gave up coffee. The Lord deliver us. The Lord deliver them. Not from coffee. But from religion. Man-made religion. Sometimes I challenge other pastors. 12 courses before you can get baptised. 12 Bible studies before you can get... I, 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 listen, I challenge this when I go overseas. Who says that? Where do you get that from? Come on, challenge yourself. Other leaderships, leadership people in Pentecostal churches, in charismatic churches, in evangelical service, you can't, do, you can't be on leadership until you've, you've, you've been to 14 Bible studies. You can't do this until that. You can't, and you can't drink this or you can't eat that. And you, For goodness sake, guys, if that's what you want, go and have a religion. But don't turn Christianity into a religion. People don't need that stuff out there. It's there. It's there everywhere. You can go and get that ten a penny. What you can't get anything like is the real thing that is Jesus living in me, living in you, expressing the king who's the kingdom uh, maker. And his kingdom rule in our lives. And, and seriously, seriously, uh, the kingdom is not about what you eat, you drink. It's not about a holy day, an unholy day. It's not about a Monday, a Saturday, a Sunday. It's got nothing to do with all of that stuff. Seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom is within you. Even Jesus said, it's not about what you eat, you drink. It's not, a man doesn't become defiled by that. But what comes from the heart, the real heart thing going on here, Pastor Elliot spoke about David the other week, about how from the heart, he followed God from the heart. When the heart was in a good place, that was great. When it wasn't in a good place, it wasn't so good. Correct? But when your heart is right with God, I love that scripture in the Old Testament, looking at it a lot now. Is your heart right with my heart? See, when a person's heart is right with another person, there's, there's no limit to what you can do. That's true unity. But like Pastor Alex was saying, David followed the law. From, he didn't have to have a manual saying, do this on a Monday, do that on a Wednesday, do that on a Thursday, and Thursday evening at 7.30, I want three of those, and four of those, and five of those. Kingdom of God doesn't work like that at all. So, everybody getting this? Are you okay? You still okay? Still alive? Praise God. So I love that, rebels in our time. See, that hits at the core of going against the cultures of this world that are being said. I, I honestly don't, don't, don't think I've lost the plot here. I honestly think that culture is set a lot of the, not always, a lot by demonic power. They are the things that we call strongholds. The things we call strongholds, but the modern name for them is cultures. Think about it. Some people need saving from some cultures. Ooh. Culture is, comes from a cultural, cultural root. We are setting culture in this church. We are setting the culture, please God, that we look to the king. 
We look to the king. May everything we do be about the king. People come and people go, but the king stays. You hear what I say about that? People come and people go. You know, and I got, I got to be bigger about this and I had to try really hard over the years as a pastor not to get too, 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 too sentimental, not to get too precious. Somebody will come up to me and say, Pastor, I'm, I'm leaving. I can't, I can't be doing with this church any longer. I say, why, what's wrong? Well, I don't like your preaching. Why? Too long. <laughs> or you're too, you're, too, you're, too, you're too up front. Or you're rude. I can only do what I can do. I can aim to try and get better, and I can aim even now to be a more polished speaker. But at the end of the day, I'm a sand grounder from birth. Sand grounders just say it as it is, with a little bit of salt in there. You know what I'm saying? But the bottom line is, are you really offended at me, or are you offended at the truth? Are you offended at what the church stands for? Are you offended at what we believe and what we're not changing? Because I've just discovered this just recently. For me to hold my traditional views means all of a sudden I'm a radical. Anybody get that? So I guess I'm a traditional radicalist. It's a radicalist that's traditional. I still believe in going to the house of God on a Sunday. Still believe in it. I still believe it's healthy for me. If I wasn't a pastor next week, the, the, the very first thing I would need to do is get into the house. Because the first thing the enemy would want to do is to detach me and disconnect me. Not just from people, but from the, from the mystical union of God's people where things happen in that atmosphere that's rarefied and irreplaceable non-substitutional in our lives it is the only place where unseen things invisible things happen that I need to happen to my soul does anybody get that anybody compute with that I, I, I really do and I'd be lost I'd be, of course I'd be lost without the Lord but I'd be lost without a dynamic church too and I wouldn't follow a leader um, that, 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 that was not following the word of God and just following local culture and fads and new things. Listen, culture, culture comes about easy. Do you know culture comes and goes? I'll tell you a story. and I'm going to have to wrap it up, I know. But I'll tell you a story, true story. I was in India going out to village mission. Amazing. And um, um, all, all the time we go out, I always get... Pastor Sam's the senior pastor. I'm just a young lad, 40s, something like that. I was then. You laugh. I was, honestly. Years ago, I was 40. It's a long time ago. AD, anyway. And, and we went into the 4 before because we had to go in the 4 before because we are going into the villages that were remote and everything. People, you, loads of people came to Christ at these villages. We ended up planting churches in those villages, some of those. By the way, we have got all the sponsors now for 101 churches <laughs> in India. 101? Whoa! Anyway, that was just by the, by the way of thinking. That's because the kingdom of God is at work. And we used to go out in the evenings and preach and a lot of people come to Christ. And I, 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 I seriously, seriously seen some miracles that geez, used to blow my mind. And, and weird miracles too. Like really weird ones, you know. 
um, uh, um, some, 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 some really, really, the way the, the, the environment, I'll, I'll go off on a tangent if I go there, but some really, really strange miracles. And, and, and preaching, going out one night and I'm nervous, Pastor Sam can't come with us. He's got something. He's got to go to a believe, one of the believers' houses, wife's hill, blah, 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 whatever it was. So will you go in the front seat, Pastor Paul? And I, in the front seat, and I told a couple of our young adults this a few weeks ago, you know. And I went in the front seat and they all said to me, Pastor Paul, would you pray for us like normal before we go on mission? You know, journey's sometimes quite dangerous where we go. And say, yes, of course. So I started praying. Used a bit of Tamil. Ketawe, Stotrigrom, Stotrom, Stotrom, uh, Adonai, Stotrigrom, you know, and at, at that time I could render church, I could even singatamelum, pambimelum, saltalim, sagala, and I prayed, you know, it was quite impressive, really. It wasn't those words, that was just gobbledygook in Tamil. But anyway, I prayed and then and I put my hand up, I was going like that. Yeah? right in the middle there I am in the left seat there oh it's great anyway so after Pastor Paul all the back there Pastor Paul why were you doing that because that's what Pastor Sam used to do as he prayed guitar and he used to do that so I just have Pastor Sam do it you know and he said why did you do that I said well Pastor Sam used to do it he says yeah but he was just he was just checking the air conditioning on But, but, but sometimes culture's nothing more than that it's just copying what you see you don't know why you do it you just do it because others did it but you don't ask why why do we do this, why do we do that why do every time I do a, a pastor's conference in India everybody turns up looking like they're going to cricket it's a cultural thing all dressing white and I say to them are we going to cricket match and they all just laugh at me, Pastor Paul, you know. Because like, I, I, I like to challenge why we do the things we do. I stopped everyone getting baptised in white at one point. I'm so fed up of it. I really had a real issue with it. Look, it looked, looked like a cult. They said, get your jeans on. Get your T-shirts on. Get your, uh, look like normal people. And they looked at me and went, mm, you know. Look like normal people. Just go, just be yourself. Isn't it right? Some people, some people think us Christians, we, 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 we've, we've gone batty. We've become fruitcakes and stuff like that. I'm, it stopped, at one point, it stopped me coming to faith in Christ. Because I saw what I'd look like in a few years' time. Thank God, God is not like that. God is actually um, bringing his kingdom. Your kingdom come into our lives gosh so the culture of the culture of jesus christ is so look there's cancel culture bullying culture hype culture myopic you know what myopic culture is the now culture everything today everything now we don't even have an eye on the future 
We do everything short term. We don't look at the, 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 the longer term. When I tell you, just, just, just don't get hooked up in that stuff. Just realize God is working on your life, not just for tomorrow. He's working on your life for next year. He's working on your life for what's going to happen in the next five years, the next decade. He's working on your life right now. And you can't join the dots forward. You can only join the dots backwards. So what I do now, you do not understand, but you will come to know what I'm doing on your life when you look back. Praise God. Come on. Um, so don't just live for the now. Uh, and I said it before, don't, don't, don't make majors out of minors. Jesus had this problem with the Pharisees, right? Because he said, you know, strain at a camel, swallowing that, all of that stuff. Uh, that's, that was the problem there. We have imbibed some of that stuff. I went, to a, I went to a certain Eastern European country. Some of my friends and colleagues who were in here will know exactly where that is. But it's not just that country that does it. I went to a country, they asked me to go and do a Sunday morning service and go and speak. I said, yeah, why? He says, oh, well, we haven't got a pastor to, to speak this weekend. I said, we'll just get one of your church mates. Well, we can't do that because we're having communion and nobody can serve it but a pastor. I think to yourself, what's going on there then? I went with a team in, 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 into a certain country in Eastern Europe and we were, we, were, we, were, we were out on the streets witnessing and sharing the love of Jesus Christ and preaching the things of the kingdom. Loads of people gave their lives to Christ. Loads of girls, loads of lads, young people. We got them to come to the service. They came, they turned up. They were giving them headscarves at the door, telling them to take some of the jewellery off. Oh my, it was an absolute embarrassment. And we were told that we couldn't go out on the streets anymore in that town because mo several of our team hadn't been baptised in water. Now, that, I'm just telling you that because those are real life examples of what we do. It's nothing to do with the kingdom. Nothing to do with the kingdom at all. And how we can, as Jesus says... You can put so many people off from a, 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 an eternity with Christ by throwing these barriers, throwing these things in front of hurdles, handicaps, uh, uh, disadvantages, call them what you will, barriers, obstacles, throwing them in the way of people who are coming to Christ, are on the way to the kingdom. And we, we can make it so difficult if we're not careful. So just, just be faithful in all of these things. Um, um, I've been to some countries where they have very racist cultures and yet they have great church <laughs> but they believe the Bible oh I've seen it seen it happen goodness me they're challenging I can challenge them because I'm no fixed abode as the Lord has used me many times to challenge that stuff they don't invite me back but I'm not bothered Seek first the kingdom of God. This is the attitude. Can, I, can we have that attitude as we unpack kingdom culture over the next few weeks? Can we have the attitude? See, the attitude, of, let me finish on this because time's gone, 40 minutes nearly. But I, I, can, can we just have this? Um, the kingdom culture that Jesus wanted to create, he says, when two, two disciples came up to him, he's in Mark chapter 10, and, and he came up to Jesus and he said, Jesus, come, can you do us a favour? He said, go on, tell me. He says, when you come into your kingdom, 
give them to us. One of us sit on your right side and one on the left. I'd have the right one if possible. Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. In actual fact, it was the, I think it was the mum of the sons of Zebedee who initiated all of this going on. Do you know the division that that caused within the discipleship rank there? Because the rest of the disciples were absolutely, you know, they were kingdom people, weren't they? But you see, this is the way that we we act. Because that's in us, isn't it, right? And we we say that, well, I'm just human. Of course you are. You're just normal. Some of you. Of course you are. We are though, aren't we? We're we're frail, we're fragile. You know, it's who we are. One thing I say about this, be authentic. Authenticity will never go out of fashion. Hasn't got a sell-by date on authenticity. Just be authentic, be real. God's got not, I've not got a problem with it if, if you're real. I've just look at Nathaniel in the Bible. Look at so many Thomas, doubting Thomas. Look at the way Jesus dealt with these people. You can afford to just be real with God. If you want to have a good moan at God, a good moan at Jesus, a good moan at the Holy Spirit, go and do it. He's not a problem. He's got the widest shoulders in the universe. David did it all the time. Other people did it. The Psalms, he's full of it. But I'll tell you what, if you go to the Lord with authenticity, he will give you something that pulls you out. Pulls you out of, of the low place that you're in and he'll lift you up and you'll come out blessing God and praising God because you're in communion with God. That's the, that's the key difference. The key difference. Are you getting that? Do you understand what I'm saying? Please, it's really important. So the disciples went and they said, look, look, get one on the right side. And Jesus turned around and said, look, guys, like, you're with me. Right? This is what the Gentiles do. Now, he wasn't saying, this is what the Gentiles do. We're the Jews, we're better than them. He wasn't saying that. In the kingdom of God, this is not how we operate. That's what he was saying. He gave them a lesson. He used that as an example of what not to do. And he says, in the kingdom, the first will be last. And the last will be first. And he who won't serve anyone cannot even serve God at all. Woo. Shouldn't we have a race to be last? Have you ever heard of a race to be last? It's called pre- preference, deference. Let them go. Let them go first. Let, if you ever go, to a, ever go to a meal with Christians and it's a banquet and it's a help yourself, Watch who goes first. If it's any of the pastors, report them. <laughs> but it isn't. You won't find that happens with you. Come on, is that right, Alex? We, we hang back. We let all the gannets, uh, not the gannets, uh, we, 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 no, we let all the people go first. And we'll wait. Why? Because we're, we're exemplifying the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And even though we're last, sometimes we don't get anything. But we love watching you get something. Because that's being servant-hearted. I'm serious. I'm not saying that. That's not... That's not and, and we love it when we see you guys thriving and flourishing in the house. That should be our joy. That should be our joy. Because those who are in the house of God, they will flourish. They will bloom. They will be fruitful in every season. Every season. Hallelujah. 
So we want you. Our kingdom culture has to be within leadership. Leadership has to be servant-based and heart-based before the Lord, not wanting anything for self, but wanting you to, to go further than I ever would go further. I, I've said in our young people, and Jesse's heard me say it, Rachel, you've heard me say it, Hannah, you've heard me say it, you've all heard me say it, I've said it in youth camps, I want my ceiling to be your floor. Everything I've stretched for and reached for over 60, 70, 80, if I get to 80, God forbid, if I get there, right? Everything I stretch for, can you actually just touch? They're walking on that. They're walking on that. And do you know what? I'm going to be clapping. I'm going to be cheering. I'm going to be championing them on. What happened this weekend? I find it absolutely so encouraging what is happening in the lighthouse at the moment. Can anybody join me in having a culture, a culture... I know some of you in the 70s, some of you in the 80s, and some of you in the 90s, and you were dear, dear people. And we will never give up. And we never, Mags is always now, when she comes, she comes at 9 o'clock service, 11 o'clock she goes and sees her mum, 91 years of age, still as sharp as anything. Do you know she had them all singing uh, The Lord's My Shepherd the other week in the home? Even the non believers had to sing. Lord help them if they were out of key. She had to get Mags to print the words. She wanted them all to print the words. Who knows what that can do? Who knows? But I'm just saying, whatever age we are, listen, the Lord loves you. The Lord's not stopping using you. The Lord loves you and he can use you. But let us have a culture of cheering on those who are yet to really fully fly fully engaged with all the fullness of the call of God in their lives. Listen, I will never retire from the call of God. You can retire from a career, but you can't retire from a call of God. A call of God will be there until the Lord calls and takes us. Listen to me now, listen to me. Every one of us are called to do something and to be something in our lives. So I want to really, really encourage you with this message Think kingdom culture in your life. When the cultures of this world and the semi-cultures, the demi-cultures creep up on you and start to, start to make you think about your decision making, how you're going to treat somebody, how you're going to react to somebody, how you're going to respond to somebody, take a breath and say, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. Now how do I respond? Now do, how do I act? Cancel culture? Forget it. 70 times seven forgiveness grace mercy love compassion let these values be your values this is what the kingdom is made up of not selfishness not meanness not egotism not any of those things none of those things are fit for purpose in the kingdom of God not greediness not selfish not self-living not not indulgencies not all of those things but sacrificial heart loving worship before the Lord that's why in Romans it Paul says it do not be conformed to this world that's about culture but be transformed now that cannot ever be a one-off I think it has to be daily if I'm really honest it has to be at least daily so I know I'm pointing the finger at myself here I want to daily put that living sacrifice that runs away 
<laughs> right? Anybody else got that? That living sacrifice that runs away um, on the altar and say, Lord, that's got to change. It's got to change. Jesus, just stand with me a moment, will you, please? If you're still able to, come on now. Rigor mortis hasn't set in yet, come on. Jesus, we love you. Come on, let's just express our, our love for the King of Kings. Jesus, we love you. Are you in the kingdom this morning? Have you decided to become a citizen of the kingdom? It's so, so important. I had this word on my, on, on my lips after the, uh, after the nine o'clock service. Nearly, nearly. Jesus said to a person once, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Not far. I'll put it bluntly. To nearly be there is not to be there. And it makes a world of difference. Nearly. And just, so, just recently, a team in blue nearly won the Champions League. A team in red nearly won the Europa League. And I'm not going to go into it because it's really tough to be in a nearly spot. I know how that feels for those fans because that's a culture too. That's a, that's a culture. But I'll tell you now, if you're nearly in the kingdom, you're not in the kingdom. If that's you today... And you say, Pastor Paul, I, I just want to be right in the court. I want to be a citizen of heaven right now here on earth. If that's you and you're not, you haven't decided to be, put your hand up right now. I'm going to pray for you. There's somebody here today. I just know it in my spirit. Anybody, just put your hand up and I'm going to pray for you. Is there anybody at all? I'm looking across, across the congregation. Is there anybody at all today? Just put your hand up. You can take it down afterwards, but if that's you, if you've not made that decision to transfer out of the kingdom of this world into the kingdom of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, do it now. Raise your hand where you are. I'll see it. I'm not going to ask you to come out or anything, but I do want to pray for you. Is there a single person here today? Then put your hand up. Raise it up. Let me see. Might be a struggle. It's always a struggle. For everybody who's done this, it's been a struggle. For the last time. Anybody at all? Jesus, Lord. Anybody at all? Father, I pray right now. Is there somebody? Just a few weeks ago, a young man raised his hand and gave his life to Christ. Do you remember that? It was amazing. Amazing. Just a young boy doesn't matter these young boys are tall oaks in the making Jesus Lord I pray right now that this word will go deep into the heart of the listener and it'll penetrate and it'll go just beyond the physical hearing in Jesus name thank you Lord I commit this word to you now in the mighty name of Jesus amen amen